You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of All Matt brought to you by OTS. I'm your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And today I have two basketball savants on with me to talk about the Warriors and who they're going to be playing And the final two games of the season, we have the Pelicans and we have the Spurs. And like these games matter. And so I have um, Mason Ginsburg with me, who is like the voice, at least for me, because I I honestly don't know a lot of of Pelicans fans. But no, no, really. He's one of the voices. Like if you want to know anything about the New Orleans Pelicans, um, writer and podcaster in the know, um, definitely you should check him out. I, I learned from him. His writing is excellent. His content is great. And he has a great sense of humor. So Mason, thank you. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. <laughs> thank you. Me too. And then of course, I also have Jesse Blanchard, avid Spurs fan, a sports information director. You know him from his writing as well. Um, He has a dry sense of humor that I enjoy. (laughs) A lot of sarcasm sometimes, but um, I really enjoy um, your sense of humor. It's very similar to mine in some ways. And he also knows his basketball. And when I first joined Twitter, um, I joined as like a hobby kind of, like I was just a Warriors fan and a junkie. But like Jesse is one of the early people that I followed. And I used to really learn a lot from you and from reading your writer writing. So he just really knows his stuff. He's a good person to talk to and to learn from. So I encourage you to follow both of these guys. They know their stuff. And I'm so happy and honored that you guys both agreed to be guests on my show. <laughs> Jesse, welcome. Thanks. Happy to be here. Very kind introduction. Um, you said it nicely. I can be a jerk sometimes on Twitter. No, I mean, not to me, but, you know, maybe others, you know, would see it like that. But I'm a very polarizing personality as well. So maybe that's why I don't take it personally. (laughs) Um, Okay, so a a turn of events, sort of, right, in the NBA season, because the Lakers were predicted by many, not by me. Maybe some of that was my hate, but I think... I think most of us really didn't, we questioned the Westbrook fit and just some other things about this Lakers team. So, but nonetheless, many in the media, um, experts, 
said they were going to be the team or maybe they had the Nets and then the Lakers, but, you know, forecasted to be like the team coming out the West. The Lakers are very unlikely to even make the play-in game, much more the, the playoffs. And, you know, in the turn of the season, the Pelicans, you know, you guys got healthy, still no Zion, but you got healthy. And now you're kind of sitting firmly in that uh, ninth spot and hopefully should be able to hold on to it. And then the Spurs have overtaken the Lakers and you guys are in the 10th spot. So I do think your schedule is a little tougher. Well, not it's, it's not an easy schedule to close the season. So I'm first curious to know, um, Jesse, how do you think the season's going to finish? Are you guys going to hold on to that playing spot? Or do you think there's any chance for the Lakers to creep back in there? I'm also curious. <laughs> I'm very confident that they're going to make the play-in. Um, not <laughs> confident at all they'll actually get into the playoffs past that. Okay. Okay. And why aren't you, like, is it you don't think they can win two games? Do you think they can beat the Pelicans if they're the 9-10 matchup? Or... In the first game, what is it that you're not confident about? It's a young group and then head-to-head star power with the Pelicans and then with even the Timberwolves, you know, if it gets there or Clippers, whoever is, you know, might be just, you know, in a one-game scenario, Spurs have DeJounte Murray, who's had a great year, but he's not, you know, any of the other guys that, you know, all NBA caliber scoring engines that the other guys have. Okay. And what do you give any like coaching edge to like having pop as the coach? Pop is, you know, great with adjustments, great with setting the culture and everything. One thing about the Spurs over, you know, the past two decades is you don't see a lot of huge, you know, big upsets when they're outgunned, they're just outgunned normally. Okay. Um, You guys are going to be, I think it's the the Spurs, our last game of the season, I believe. No, 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 it's the Pelicans. So it's our second to last game of the season. What, you know, we won't have, so that's the, it's a back-to-back for us. So we have the Spurs and then the Pelicans, but um, Kerr doesn't usually play his guys on the second night of a back-to-back. So I'm assuming you'll have the full roster, but for Stephen Curry, maybe GP two Cause I kind of feel like they should rest them, but you'll have everyone else. So how do you like that matchup with the warriors? Uh, let me know Curry. I, I'm pretty confident in the matchup itself. Um, I just really like the leaps that they've taken. Keldon Johnson has been on a bit of a tear and, and kind of turned the corner towards the end of the season. You know, as long as the Spurs are fully healthy, cause you know, DeJounte and Pertle were out the previous game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm confident in just finishing strong, uh, maybe not necessarily in the win, like win category all, all the way through, but having a good showing heading into the final week. Yeah, I think in those first two matchups, um, you guys won the first one. The second one, we came back and it was like the baby dubs. So there was no Draymond, baby dubs as we like to call them. No Draymond, no Steph. They, they came back and snuck away with that game. And then the last game, we were down, made it competitive, almost won it. Um, you know, some of us would say we probably should have won it. We didn't, but whatever. So I think the game is definitely going to be competitive, though. Um, but the, the, the Warriors are looking better. Draymond seems to be rounding into form. Jordan Poole has taken this big leap. So I'm curious. I'm going to want to know both of your thoughts on Jordan Poole. But... Um, you know, does that change anything for you now with like what's happened with Jordan Poole 
and 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 where and and now like you know versus the matchups that happened already this season and for that last one i mean he's a nice he's a nice shot creator a good stunt double i think i've heard him called for for curry um i mean the warriors are a good team they're they're kind of hit a little bit of a raw spot with the injuries that they've had in the second half of this year but they've always been a really good team and for me, you know, since the last time we played, or even since the trade deadline, I'd like to say this team is kind of the Spurs. It is have had kind of not addition by subtraction with Derek White, but addition by clarification. You know, Josh Richardson has come in and he's fit nicely with all the things that he's done. Lonnie Walker has really kind of gone from nobody wanted him back on the team to now, you know, what can we do to resign him? You know, what's the fair price for him? Because he never had a role before with white gone. He's kind of settled into that sixth man, uh, learning a little bit from Manu. And then, you know, some of the rosters just kind of started to make a little bit more sense. Um, okay. Do you think DeJounte, like you mentioned all NBA a little bit earlier, but just, do you think he should make it? Cause I'm seeing some conversations where people think he should be an all NBA guard. I don't think that he should make all NBA, but what, what are your thoughts on that? It'd kind of be like the all-star game where it's just a little bit because every, you know, all the other guards are beat up and injured and it's a matter of how much you take uh, availability and games played and everything into account. Uh, for me, DeJounte Murray is, you know, I didn't expect him to take this kind of a leap, but he's more still kind of like a blueprint kind of structure of an offense superstar, not a take over everything type person, you know, setting the way Spurs still lacking a go-to score which is why they struggle in the clutch so much this season. But, you know, I, just watching the – even his body language since making the all-star team, his free throw attempts, everything are up. So, no, I think for this overall body of work, not all NBA quite yet, but I think he can still take a leap or two over the next two years, three years. What do you think, Mason, um, as well? I want to know your thoughts on this, but, like, what about as a most improved candidate? Because I'm not a fan of, like – the people like Ja being in the conversation. I don't, I'm one of those people who feel like he's not the kind of player that should be in the conversation for, for most improved. So I'm more of like a Bridges or of course, Jordan Poole or DeJounte. Like those are the people who I think should be in the running though. I don't have a vote, but what are your thoughts on most improved? Yeah, I, I, I tend to, to agree that the, 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 play, the, the leaps that occur based on just kind of gaining more experience in the, in the NBA, I have a hard time making an argument that they, that they shouldn't be considered. I personally uh, agree with you, but it's hard for me to tell a voter that what, right. what they should and should incorporate. Right. And so I think, I think it's fair. I mean, I, I, DeJounte is a great, <laughs> if I, if I could think of the type of point guard, even thinking about the last summer, the Pelicans went really hard at, at Kyle Lowry didn't work out. Um, you know, they've been looking for that floor general type. And right now, CJ McCollum's their point guard. I mean, for all intents and purposes. And so that kind of speaks to the, the, the gap the Pelicans really had at, at that spot. And so, I mean, I think, I think you know, the, step, the leap DeJounte's taken, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's definitely, he, he's got a skill set that's very much, it's in high demand in this league and Spurs are lucky to have him. And he's also a great defender, which is, which is, Really good. So who would you, who would get your vote for MIP if you were voting? Both of you. Come back to me. I, I haven't done my awards, my, okay. my awards I'm putting you on the yet. spot. You, put me okay. you did, you did. I okay, I'm sorry. Okay. What about you, Jesse? 
all right, I'm gonna give you time to think about it and I'll come back to you too. So <laughs> Pelicans, I think you guys are definitely gonna probably de- definitely make the play in. It looks like. Um, do you have any concerns that they could somehow like blow it before the season ends? No, the magic number is one. And the next two games are against Sacramento, who have been eliminated from playoffs uh, as of last night. And and then the, the Blazers. I mean, and teams do like to play spoiler, though. I don't know if the same teams are capable of it, but do they have like any animus towards you guys? Uh, I mean, Alvin Gentry, maybe. <laughs> so there is that there is that dynamic. Um, but I mean, I think you can at least argue that it'd be for them to go 0 and 2 against the Spur or sorry, against the Blazers and, and the Kings would be just so incredibly unlikely. So I think they'll get there. I don't think that the nine seeds a lock yet. I mean, I, I think that the that the Spurs schedule obviously is, it, it hurts, but the, the Pelicans have already so the Pelicans last four games are against the Kings, the Blazers, the the uh, Grizzlies, and then the Warriors. They've lost to the Grizzlies without John Morant already this year. That could easily happen again. But the Grizzlies uh, then, without John Morant are the best team in the world. <laughs> they are. They're, they're incredible. Um, so, so, so that's certainly a possibility. And so, um, I mean, I, I think the bigger challenge for this is because is how hard the Spurs schedule is. And so, um, I feel good about the ninth seed. I feel, you know, I, I don't think I don't see this see any way where the Pelicans don't get at least the tenth seed. Um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. I mean, the, the whole play-in is going to be tough now. I mean, what I the, the 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 Spurs beat the Pelicans pretty solidly the last time they played each other a week or so ago, and and now I mean the, the Pelicans just got their the their clocks cleaned by the Clippers last night. Um, I think they may have had a little bit of an LA hangover after beating the Lakers and getting to spend Friday Saturday night in Los Angeles. But the, I mean, the Clippers are a good, damn good team with Paul George, and so the, it's going to be it's going to be a battle. I think a lot of Pelicans fans were like, "Well, Clippers, we can beat the Clippers," and and the, to the Pelicans' credit, they've done well against the Clippers over the last year or so. But this is a different team with Paul George, and so right. um, I, I'm not of the opinion that they're going to just roll through and get to the eighth seed. Um, but I, I do think the play and they'll, they'll be there. Okay. Do you think they'll make the playoffs? Do you think they can win the two games necessary to make it? I, I do. If I, if I had to bet, will they? Uh, I'd still, I, I would bet no, just because there's still a chance they lose the 9-10 game. And then if they win that, they've still got to beat probably the Clippers. Clippers could beat, or no, the Clippers could beat the Wolves, which is the X factor here, I, I think, is if the Clippers win that 7-8 game and then the, the Pelicans are playing a probably a pretty pissed off Timberwolves team, that's still a really tough, I mean, the Timberwolves have been incredible uh, after the All-Star break. And so, um either way it's it's not an easy matchup and, and they'll have to go on the road for either one of them so um you know real, it'll, it'll be a challenge to get there <sighs> yeah um even though like warriors fans like to think these are winnable games for us without stuff the warriors without stuff um historically have not been that good though they've played better the last couple of games um we definitely want to at least secure home court in the first round. Like, even though they'll say we don't care about home court, I think we still want to secure at least home court in the first round, but I want to hold on to the three seed. I don't know if we will. And I sort of hate that we're playing your teams because you guys really have something to fight for. I mean, we all do, but I think those games are going to be really competitive. So I'm really not sure if we went out and we sort of have to, because we don't have a tie break. Um, Dallas, the Mavericks own the tie break over us and they're right behind us. So we sort of have to win out for the season. What are you expecting that last game with us to look like? I'm guessing you're not going to see most of, well, I don't know because Draymond Green played last night versus the Kings. 
and that was back to back and he normally doesn't so you might have Draymond but usually that means Clay is sitting that means Otto Porter sitting Andre sitting he's less of a factor but you probably won't have like our full squad um for that last game I I would I think there is a decent chance that the game ends up not mattering for the Pelicans either. Um, okay. Ob- obviously, if, if the situation ends up where they're one game up on the Spurs, the Spurs have a tiebreaker over the Pelicans, and so they, they, they've got to take it seriously, obviously. Um, but that, I think that's the only circumstance that really would make okay. that game uh, meaningful for, for New Orleans. So it's possible. I mean, I, don't, I think it's like, you know, more than a, more than a 1% chance. I mean, I, I, but, but I, I do think that if – if the situation comes to pass, the Pelicans will probably be very fortunate, like you said, if the, if the uh, Warriors end up resting some players. Yeah, and, and that game is in New Orleans. So, you know, our road record also isn't isn't that great. I mean, there's some noise in there because Kerr rested guys, but um, I would like to see us win out, like aside from seeding, just because they've had so many losses. I think even though there's going to be like a week off with the play-ins, I would like to have like some momentum going in and the team looking good without Steph. Cause I'm not worried about like Steph coming back to the team as long as he's healthy. So um, yeah, I'm excited. Are you, the are Warriors, you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the Warriors are, are anytime they come to Orleans, terrifying. I mean, I think back, I was, I, really? was in the, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was in the arena, the game that Steph and, and Pelicans Warriors playoff series in 2015 when, uh, when Steph Curry went and you know, I hit that three in the corner, that was like, you know, I was 15 rows back from watching that happen. And, and it was, it was, uh, it was very painful. Um, so anything, anything can happen when the, when the Warriors come to New Orleans. And so but I, I, I get the home court advantage too. Like, I, I feel like it does matter for, for, uh, for, for Golden State for sure. So, um, you know, I, but yeah, that, that, that game, that, that last game of the season will terrify me no matter what. <laughs> I, I was at, um, uh, I was I went there in 2018 when they played each other. That was the second round, right? When we saw each other, so I went to to two games there, um, and it was fun. I liked the building, and I also enjoyed the fans. Maybe it's just the ones that I sat next to, but they also were telling me they hated Steph because of that shot. But um, they were really friendly, and we had a good time. And so I, I actually really enjoy going to New Orleans all the time, and. Um, you're not a fan base that like drives me crazy. Like I've gone to Cleveland for games and I'm like, never again. Like I will never step <laughs> foot in that building ever again. I've also been to San Antonio too. And I like it there as well. And, and the fans. So I didn't like how pop handled that whole Zaza thing. Like I get it, but like your fans were like menaces after that, Jesse, like they were, <laughs> they were sending death threats to Zaza. <laughs> is our fans being a lot more muted than they used to be like there's i mean before my time back to like the 70s and 80s where they're like throwing avocados at, at players and coaches mm, okay they're just not as laid back as i think some would have thought but it's all good so what are you guys thinking about like the way the western conference is is shaking out because i mean the season started and the warriors were on a roll and then like all of these injuries hit them and then like the the Suns are apparently the team to beat and the best team in the NBA and people don't know what to make of the Grizzlies but they're right there at number 2 um they look unbeatable whether Jaws on the court or not so what are your thoughts about the way the Western Conference is 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 playing out and really right now 3 to 6 is like 
so much up in the air. So we don't know what the matchups are going to look like. It's really probably not going to be decided until like the last couple of games of the season, maybe even the last day. So how do you see it shaking out in terms of who's going to be in that Western Conference Finals and, and who will ultimately make it out the West? I'll start with you this time, Mason. Um, so I think for you, know, you were talking about the, you know, getting the three seed for the Warriors. I do think it's important. So I think, I think Utah's ripe to implode. I, I think that there's a, clearly some stuff going on internally there. Um, and I think that's the team you really want to play um, out of like the Mavericks and Nuggets and, the, and, and, and Utah. I mean, which is weird because I feel like talent wise, they've got them. I feel like they're the, They've got the most, the deepest starting lineup out of those teams, probably. Um, but that is not pretty right now for them. And so, no. um, I, but, but, you know, I, I think um, Steph's a lot of people of keep this. talking about that stat with uh, Donovan Mitchell and how he's only passes to Rudy, not yeah. a six, but only passes yeah. two times a game, which is like yeah. kind of crazy. So, yeah, they're there. They, and everyone seems to Warriors fans want us to play Utah. I don't really care who we play for healthy, but I guess the question is, we don't know if they're going to be healthy, but I kind of feel okay about this injury that stuff is coming off of. So I don't know, maybe that's wishful thinking, but go ahead. You were saying. No, no I mean, I think it's, he, I, I can't, I can't mentally get, get to like, if the, if Steph's healthy, if they end up playing the war or, or the, uh, the Grizzlies in the semifinals, I, I can't. I, I just can't get there that Memphis is there yet. I think, I mean, I, they're obviously a fantastic team. They're five games better than the Warriors in the standing. So it's, it'd be really silly to discredit them, but I, I just, I would be surprised to see them beat a healthy Warriors team in a seven game series, but I still think it's Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix has just been so good all year. They've dealt with injuries themselves with, with CP3 and with Booker. Uh, I, I just, and, and Aiton as well. I mean, I, I just, I don't have enough, data points to tell me that they're not the best team in the Western Conference or even potentially the NBA. And so that's, that's, that's where I'm living right now. So we're one of the two teams that beat the Suns twice this year. Um, I think one of those games were on Christmas day where there was no pool, there was no Wiggins. So it was a Steph Draymond game. Clay wasn't there either. Um, but all of our games with the Suns have been competitive. Like, yeah. um, be great series. It'd be really great series. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the only advantage they have, if any, to be honest, is um, home court. Steph would still be the best player in the series. Um, I think we also have like more athleticism and we're like a little, yeah, than them. I mean, I, 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 I get why people would pick against the Warriors, but um, it definitely would be a close series. And, you know, I had Nakias on the show and he actually thinks like Phoenix is a better matchup than um, the Grizzlies. So um, what are your thoughts on that, Jesse? Um, yeah, the Suns, you know, they still kind of play a little bit more traditional uh, as far as the style that they have. They have so many variations. I think, but the, you know, the Warriors are a very high IQ team. When they're all healthy, Draymond is great at kind of figuring out where the, the, you know, the biggest threats are and then the biggest way, the best ways for the Warriors to react. The Grizzlies, you know, kind of a little bit more, you, you don't really know what to expect from them as much. They have a little bit fewer, they have more X factors going in, which can just cause more problems in the playoff series. Um, who, who do you think is going to be in the Western Conference Finals and ultimately will make it out the West? So the Suns remind me 
very much of the 2012 to 2014 Spurs and just the way that they go about their business. People get hurt. They plug people right in. There's no drama. Everybody's on the exact same page. They've been building this roster, you know, even prior to Chris Paul, you know, enough time to where everything's just moving toward the right thing. They can be toppled still, but they're, I see them definitely in the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors, I believe, are as good as their start was when they're healthy. I didn't believe at any moment that what they were doing was sustainable through an entire season. Because when you get to the ages that their stars are, you have to factor in injuries at some point. You can't go all out the entire season. So not fool's gold, as our friend Maple suggested in his tweet the other day. (laughs) Not not fool's gold, but there's no guarantee that it's going to be there. It's just a matter of are you going to have everybody good to go for the playoffs? I hear you. Um, You know, I... I'm still a very big believer in you need like a guy and we all define a guy differently, but I I define it as like usually a top five player, I think typically. And, you know, people will bring up the Spurs often because they'll be like TD wasn't always like, you know, a top five player in some of those finals he wants. I'm like, but he's Tim Duncan and he's an all time great, (laughs) you know, that like, he's an all timer, you know, one of the top 10 basketball players ever in in NBA history, in my opinion. That was, I mean, that was a situation where he's not, he doesn't have full access to his greatness, you know, back then at all times, but he could, you know, bring it up in big moments. Right. That's a huge difference. And he has all that muscle memory and everything to go through. And then at that time, Tony Parker was a, you know, top five point guard. I, I used to say that there was, Chris Paul was better than Tony Parker, but for what the Spurs needed, there was no difference. Like you could trade Tony Parker for Chris Paul and the Clippers would be worse, but the Spurs, you wouldn't see any difference in it. So, yeah. So, I mean, do you guys consider Booker to be a guy? Cause I, I actually don't have Booker necessarily in my top 10. Um, he's 10 ish, I guess. Like he, I have him like maybe 12, 13, but I, I don't even consider him like a tier one guy. Like I don't put him on the level of like, a Giannis, even an Embiid, you know, like I still think he's below those guys, but I think you need one of those players ultimately. Maybe, maybe you can get to the finals, um, but I think you do need one of those guys to win it all. But, you know, maybe this not, will prove us wrong. I think he's me not wrong. on that kind of level, that elite level where just in a vacuum, give him the ball, let things go. But I think with this skill set, with what he has, with this team and the system that they put around him, he is the guy when he's plugged into what the Suns are currently. He is that guy. Okay. What do you think, I, Mason? I I agree. I mean, and look, they were in the finals last year, and I I know that they had some there were some injuries to teams they played to get there, but they still got there. And I mean, Western Conference is is was is typically stacked with talent. I I I, I don't know. I, I I think it's just they've won eighty percent of their games this season. When you were that good during the regular season, I hear you. Uh, I, I I can't pick against that. Not, I'm not I'm not saying they're going to win the title, uh, but I, I do think that they're well positioned in the West. I, I don't see any real risk of them losing before the conference finals, and I really can't say that about any other team, just based on the the, the potential matchups that are at play here. I and so I mean I, I think it's like kind of like March Madness, you know, like you have people pick the one seeds because the matchups they've got to get there are right. easier than the rest, and they've earned that, and so. That's 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 where I'm at. Could they get beaten, especially by the Warriors? Yeah, but uh, I think they're the safer the safer pick at this point. 
What do you um think about the Mavericks? Are they like a, a sneaker team? Oh, <laughs> me. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. They're four or five. They're four or five. Probably is where they're going to end up, right? And I I don't think they're good enough to beat the Suns. Um, and so in that sense, I guess so. I guess my answer is no. Um, I think they could. I think they could give any other team some trouble. Um, could they beat the Grizzlies? Yeah, I, I, I could see it. I don't. I wouldn't pick it, but I could. I, it wouldn't shock me if it happened. I mean, Luca's just so good, and uh, it seems like that trade's working out better for them than I personally expected. Uh, the Porzingis trade, uh, picking up, picking up Dimwitty. Um, but um, I mean, uh, again, it would surprise me, but it wouldn't be shock level. What's the Grizzlies ceiling this 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 season? Do you guys think? Western Conference Finals or? That's, yes, that's, that's where I was going to go is Western Conference Finals. I do not see them getting out of the West, but I think they can get to the Western Conference Finals, I mean, which is right where they are as the two seed. So I'm not, that, I feel like that's not, some might take that as a slight to Memphis, but that's, I, that, that, I mean, that's where they're seated right now. Second best team in the West. Which is I mean, from not doing. winning a first round series to the Western Conference Finals would be, I think, a huge um, accomplishment. Incredible. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to get there unless we are, <laughs> unless the Warriors are the um, four seed. Cause I think that we would see the Suns in the second round and I expect for the Warriors to eliminate them, but I'm a Warriors fan. So that should be my expectation. What do you think, Jesse? <laughs> on the Grizzlies? Yeah. Six, on the Grizzlies. Six games in the second round, unless there's, you know, Somebody, unless like one of the Warriors, they don't come back at full health. They don't look the same as, as they've been. But that's, you know, then they can make the Western Conference. Other than that, six games, a nice second round series. Kind of thinking, comparing them to the Warriors back when they played the Spurs in the, for the first time in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That was a fun series. I hate that we didn't beat you guys, um, but it was good. <laughs> It was good. It was good. So um, I'm still going to come back to awards. I'm just letting you guys know. So I, I hope in the background you're thinking about this. Okay. So like, I think like the MVP is pretty much locked up, right? Like Jokic is going to get it. I don't think there's anything that could change before the end of the season, but maybe I'm wrong. I feel like he has a pretty substantial lead, at least based on the last straw poll, which I know isn't every voter, but it just seems like the momentum is with him at this point. I, I, I'm always careful to pick repeats. Um, I, I, I think I agree. I think I agree. He is, he should, he should win it. Um, but I don't think that the odds of him actually winning it are as high as kind of maybe the edge of the guys. I mean, what he's been able to do with that Nuggets team with all, with the injuries to Michael Porter Jr. And, and Jamal Murray is fantastic. And I think he has been the most important player in the NBA this season. Um, but I think it takes a lot sometimes to win repeat awards. So I'm, I'm curious where the, where the voters go on this. My vote would actually go to Embiid, but I, I, I feel like it looks like it, it reminds me. It's not exactly the same, but I remember it was like the, the year when it was like Russ, um, uh, Harden, Kawhi. And, Kawhi. and it, like, I don't think Kawhi really ever had the chance to win it, even though he was my vote. But I feel like Harden kind of, 
had his hands on it and then like the season like rush just picked up all this momentum at the end of the season and then once he got the triple double it was just like that's it let's give it to him which was crazy because like I mean Harden just averaged two less what rebounds was it so it was sort of silly but um yeah so that's how it feels to me like it feels like you know it was kind of Joel's for like a good minute and Jokic was always there and then I just feel like lately you know it's been MB um Jokic, Jokic, Jokic. But I could be wrong, but at least from like me looking at like what voters are saying and how people are talking, that's how it appears to me looking at it. So I love the flexibility of the MVP award. You know, everybody wants to narrow it down to some specific set, but I love that you know it's most valuable and val what what is valuable changes from from year to year. And this MVP race reminds me exactly of of Russ, Harden, and Kawhi, where they're stacking up the production you know it's all there kind of neck and neck and so then what other what else you turn to uh for Westbrook you know it was kind of the narrative of you know carrying the thunder to the playoffs after KD left and then averaging the triple double for the first time with this case I'm going with just I like the Embiid story better of carrying the Sixers keeping them elite despite the kind of drama they had with Simmons and everything else and I think for me personally that, that kind of gives him the edge yeah, I, I, I would really like MB to get it because I'm not sure, honestly, that he's going to have another chance and not because he I expect him to fall off of a clip, but like he's a big man and like just his body, like that's a lot to like do again over the course of a season. And, you know, I just I think that's a heavy toll on him. So he might. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's right there at the top again next year. But after last year not getting it and like this year I, I would like to see him win it I don't know if he will though that's my vote anyway. and I feel like this one this one just means so much to him just with you know again with okay Simmons you don't want to be here you know f you I got right. this. putting the team on a show like I think this means a lot to him and and just is, it's it's appropriate for him and his legacy and what he means for the league today I agree. And the potential to win the scoring title too. Pretty tremendous. I haven't looked to see where the race is at. I know that Braun will make sure he plays the final two necessary games to be in consideration though. Um, don't you have to play a certain number of games? I think he has to play two more. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will show up to do that. Um, the East is really interesting as well. Um, everyone keeps saying this year, like the East is just way better than the west um do you guys agree with that I, I think there's always nuance to it because there you know is the deeper conference better is the team with more top end top end teams better it's right. very uh, it, it's because i mean if you look at the so the western conference are the play-in area the I, I think the 10th seed in the East right now is still over 500. Right. Whereas you've got this dumpster fire with both of with Jesse's team and my team still having a potential spot in the, in the playoffs, right. 10 games on, under 500. And so what does that mean that the East is better? I mean, I, I think that the teams, I, I mean, I think the easiest way to go about this is just look at interconference record and so, or, or, you know, inter, inter, whatever. Um, but I, I think it's about even, or from what I remember. Um, I don't know if that's um, I think so too. that's up to date, but I, it's which is great. I mean, usually you see the West having more talented teams because more people want to want to live in the cities in the Western Conference, and so um, the fact that it's getting more balanced, or it seems to be getting more balanced, is I think is a good thing for the league. And so I think it's I think it's kind of 
kind of close, which is more you more than you could say about you know the, the, the disparity in recent years. What do you guys make of the Nets? And we need to talk about the Lakers too, because <laughs> too, well, like, we'll we haven't yet, but that's alright. Yeah, I mean, I am just. I'm just sitting back and laughing because I feel like the passes being given to these teams is like remarkable to me, you know, Um, and I don't like it, but I mean, the Nets, you know, it's like, oh, well, Kyrie wasn't in the lineup all year and, you know, then Kevin Durant got hurt and like, I hear all of that, but also like they usually for most of the season had like two of those three guys on the court most of the time um, for the bulk of the season, you know, when Kyrie and Harden were out there, they were just like dropping games together. Um, it doesn't matter. They're, they're like in 10th right now or ninth, whatever it is, but I mean, they're going to be in the play-in, but I mean, do, do you think the, the, the Nets can make this like magical run to the finals? Because their defense isn't great. Um, I just don't see it. I don't even know if they're getting out the first round, but I know Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. So people are like, it's Kevin Durant. I get it, but I'm not seeing it. I feel like the Nets are going to go through the playing game the same way that the that LeBron went through the Raptors when he was last in the East Conference Finals. Like, they're just that much better than everybody. I don't know that they'll make a deep run to the playoffs. Feel a lot better if they had a healthy Simmons to kind of be their defensive force. But you know, Kyrie and KD playing, unless they get matched up with the Raptors and he can't play in, in away games. Which I just... They have to outscore everyone, right? Which is possible with the two of them, but doesn't their their defense matter at some point? I mean, to me, they were there with the Bucks with just KD by himself. He's KD is that good. Because when he gets to the playoffs and he can go all out on both ends, he can make up for a lot on, deep, on the defensive end, too. Okay, Very- so what's their most favorable route to getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, if they had, like, the ideal matchups. Need <laughs> some more time to think through that one right now. Okay, well, that's fine. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, you've got – I mean, the, the, only, the only possible matchups in the first round are the Heat and the, and the, and the Celtics, right? Or, I, sorry, that's not true. The, the the top four is all is all kind of a jumbled mess right now in the East. So they could they they could end up playing any of those four teams. So it's uh that's it's uh, to me all those four teams are so close. Like I, I think uh, I, I at full strength for all those teams. Like I, I'm still you've got to talk me out of the Bucks, uh, but as the best team. So I, I don't think I want to see them if I'm Brooklyn. But of the three other teams, I. I don't know. I don't really know who the best matchup is for them, but I think they can beat any of them in a seven-game series. I just don't know if I'd bet on it. What about the Celtics? Celtics. I think the Celtics were the best route for the Nets to go through just because as great as defense is, elite offense can beat elite defense, and the Celtics have enough people to help off of to kind of at least make somewhat of a defensive stand when it matters. And Robert Williams, that injury is probably – but right. That's, a, that's that's important too. So yeah, it, it probably is Boston actually, given that 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 new wrinkle. They probably don't want to see the Nets in the first round. They, I think they're hoping for a team like the Bulls or or I don't probably not the Raptors because there's apparently some people on their team who are not vaccinated and we don't know who they are. Them and the Sixers. So I don't think either one of those teams want to see the Raptors. 
the the posh the the what might happen down the stretch in the east and the top four seeds is going to be fascinating to me uh, to see where teams are jockeying to try to slot into the playoff picture and like do you uh i mean i i think right now so brooklyn are, are yeah so they if, if they if things kind of hold where they are and, the, and brooklyn stays 9 10 the only team they can play is the one seed uh if they make it and so but if they can if they can get to that they probably aren't getting to cl- catching Cleveland, but they might be able to catch Atlanta. And so if you can get to the eighth and then you can win the seven, eight game, then you get to the two seed. And then you've got these two, you, you've got the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, all trying to figure out, okay, do I actually want the two seed and have to risk playing Brooklyn in the first round? And, but I, you know, the, 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 the other option is, is what? Uh, so it would be the, the Raptors probably, or, or, or the Bulls, Raptors are the Bulls five, six. That's probably a better route, I think, in the first round, to Jesse's point. I mean, I don't know if I want to mess with Katie in the first round. I think I'd rather take on the Bulls um, or, 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 the, or the Raptors. Who do you think is going to get those final seventh and eighth spots, ultimately? It's very hard, I know. Well, Jared Allen is, is, a, is a big piece here, too, with um, right. as far as the, uh, the, the Cavs are concerned. So... Um, I mean, I, I do feel, I, I just don't feel like the, the bottom of the East or the seven through 10 is, is strong enough to, to keep the Nets out and, and win or go home type games. So, so I Nets do, will I get think, one of them, one of those. I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. And then I think that the, the other one, I, if, if Jared Allen's back, I'm taking Cleveland for sure. Like I'm not even thinking twice about that, but if not, I, I probably, I mean, I think I take Atlanta. Like I'll, I'll take, I'll take the big player. I'll take Trey Young. Is there a chance that Jared Allen may be back? It seems it's unclear. I I, I haven't seen anything new, but I I, I don't okay. know. What about you, Jesse? Who do you think is, are getting those last two um, spots? Nets, and then give me Trey Young in a single elimination game over anybody at the bottom of the East. Okay. And so it sounds like, um, Mason, though, you would have the Bucks coming out the East? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I can't make... And I argue for any other team or any, any other player over Giannis at this point. So uh, I'm sti- I'm sticking with the Bucks. So you you think really boring a, a finals rematch? Then exactly. kind of what you're predicting. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm there. Um, okay. I, I feel much less confident about the East though. I I, I just think Phoenix is, is that much better than every other team. Besides, again, it, it's Phoenix or, or it's Phoenix or Golden State to me in the East and or in the West in the East. It it's really open season to me. There are a few teams that could probably get there. Okay. What do you think, Jesse? So I think that Giannis is the first player since LeBron that I believe has like historical, has an opportunity to surpass Tim Duncan historically. I think Giannis can be that good if he can have the longevity. He's just, I mean, I mean yeah, he's just that good. I have the Bucks coming out of the East. Okay. So you have a, and, and you think it's the Suns coming out the West. So you also are kind of thinking it's going to be a finals rematch as well. No, because I don't think that Chris Paul can last through an entire playoff series or playoff run. Sure. I think Warriors, oh. they're healthy, can make the, make the sort of. Yeah. Fan of the show. Friend of the show. Well, Matt, who, you got, who do you got in the East? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. Um, it's it's I don't have the Nets. I'll tell you that I don't even have them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, 
I think it's the Bucks or the Celtics, but I can't really choose between them two. If the Celtics can hold off, like, and get through the first round and get Williams back. And I mean, that like, whenever you have like the bigger ifs, I guess in that situation, I'm going to maybe lean Bucks. But, um, you know, a healthy Celtics, and I, I like them. Their defense is, is, is legit. And I don't actually think that Milwaukee, I know they've had like, you know, Lopez out of the lineup for a long time, but I just don't think they've been as like dominant and consistent this year. And, you know, people attribute that to different things. Um, you know, some people are like, they're just like looking towards the, 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 the postseason. And I kind of like laugh at that when people tell me that, like for a team that's only went to the finals once, you know, like yeah. it's kind of like Trey Young making his comments about how like, you know, it's hard to care about these games after you've been to like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Now, at least the Bucks have had postseason experience, yeah. but I feel like you're off of one finals. Like, I don't know. I expect them to be like full force go trying to win everything, like be dominant. They're young too. So they're relatively young. They're not like as old as the Warriors. So their um, inconsistency has concerned me a little bit this year. So I don't think they're like, as strong but i would i would consider the the bucks or the or boston but i really can't decide right now yet between the two which one will come out look i mean it's just harder to age just because there's been so much basketball played over the past few seasons in such a short amount of time that these regular season things are just tough yeah definitely. as as a i i stand your holiday always but the pelicans also own some milwaukee bucks picks in a few in a couple of years and so Drew got his ring, and now if if if, if uh, you know, the Bucks want to uh, implode a little bit, uh, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for <laughs> New Orleans. Um, but I but I I'm not betting on it. I still I still like the Bucks here. Okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, you know, I'm just also looking forward to like the drama and the excitement that will play out as some of these teams implode, don't make it, that sort of a thing. So that's also one of my favorite things: the drama. Um, okay, so I just really quickly, I want to talk about all NBA um, a little bit. Is that okay? Can we talk about all NBA? All right. So tell me your guard picks for all NBA, because I've been seeing some crazy takes um, from the national media on, on the TL. And I mean, I expect that from Twitter, but, you know, tell me, um, I want to know about the guards. Actually, I want to know about the whole team, but I'm curious because there seems to be this like, I don't know, maybe it's not like a concerted effort, but at least that's how it feels. Like this year, there seems to be a lot more outrage about the idea of having to put, you know, possibly uh, Embiid or Jokic on a second team because of the way the, the, the all NBA ballot is. So I want to know your thoughts on that. But like, if you had to pick based on the way the ballot is right now with two fours in the center, how would you pick? And Embiid is the MVP, so obviously I would have him over Jokic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being second team All NBA, and I don't know that the format needs to be completely taken a sense. There's one center that I think is having slightly better year than the other one, just because narrative. I mean, the production for both is the same. Do you feel like the the production is comparable enough? Because I mean, I do think that Jokic is, you know numbers wise I think is having a better season than MB maybe not drastically but I think it's when you look at it it's definitely better 
to me, because you can't always ex- escape like the context of the team and all that Jokic has to do, um, you get to this this point, as long as you reach a certain threshold of production, and then you can kind of go into nuance between the two. And that's where I just have him be separating a little bit for the season. Okay. Okay. So you'd have Embiid as your um, center, and then who would your two forwards be? Uh, first team, a little bit rough. Uh, I mean, KD. Really? With all the games he's uh, missed? You're a big KD guy, huh? <laughs> I love KD. I see. KD's not making it. I mean, let's go, let's go with Mason. Let me get some time to think about it. Okay, go ahead, Mason. One for, sure, one for sure is I need DeMar DeRozan somewhere on the all-NBA team. Ooh, the first team? DeRozan. Yeah. <laughs> and are you going to have him on there as a guard or a forward? Forward. He can't guard guards. He's definitely a forward at this point. But he – I've been a huge DeRozan fan since his last year in Toronto and seen the incremental steps that he's taken, and I thought he got too much – junk from you know oh mid-range jumpers and everything like the stuff that they would always criticize wasn't even the bad part of his game which was always his defense but i just love seeing him plugged into a team that fits around him with enough shooting and everything that he's done he's got to be on an all nba defense second team at worst yeah i i agree with that and if they're putting him on as a forward i think he definitely will but i just don't know if some people are going to vote him and as a guard i hope they don't he shouldn't have been even for all-star, but I just, cause didn't that happen like a couple of years ago with Tatum where like his vote was split. And I think he ultimately had more votes than Jimmy, but he didn't make all NBA because he was split over two positions and Jimmy made all NBA and Tatum lost out on a lot of money. Rough. Very rough. Go ahead, Mason. I mean, so Giannis has to be on there. Um, I would do whatever I can to put Jokic and Embiid both on first team. <laughs> I mean, I, I. Who are you considering I, a forward? That's a great question. I'm I'm not going to answer that. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> no, it's it's it. I mean, if you have to make one a forward, it's probably Jokic. But but they're they're both centers. I mean, like let's right. be honest, they're both centers. Um. So I, I think I think my my more challenging question is really the guard spots because there's this the the underlying wrinkle i guess it's true for all of this all of it but the games played piece is big right like i i think i I can make a really good argument for john morant to be first team all nba but i think at the same time he's played 55 games and so like can you can you do that and i mean to a lesser extent so i feel like i mean there's so luca I think has almost because for like you, you just rule out players because of how many games they've played. And so Luca has been that good. I mean, they're the, the Mavs are, are looking at a potentially having a home, home first round playoff series. Um, and the team, the rosters turned over a, a ton throughout the year and he's got him. He's still got him at the, you know, near the top of the West. And so I think he's got to be on there. He's played the most games. And so like this question comes down to like Steph Curry or, or John Moran, the two guard spots and like, I feel like Why Steph- not Booker. I mean, I, I've got him second team. Uh, By the way, I'm not going to be upset with you choosing. Yeah, I know. No, it's fair Steph question. Jo- I actually, I feel like Ja belongs nowhere near first team because of his games played. So I'm really, although I know people consider him, but I'm not entertaining those conversations personally. Um, but I think around games played, I think um, 
Steph and Gil- and and Luke are right around the same, if I'm if I'm correct with the the amount of games. Um, they are. And, yeah, they and, are. They're right there. Right. And so then, to me, in my opinion, is it, it comes down to who you think has had the better season. And I think that people are going to penalize Steph for his slump, but like the advanced metrics are still very favorable to him. Um, and then you know you have Booker, who I think by virtue of his team's record, like he should be first team. Like to me, it should be a conversation between Steph and Luca, not Ja, but that's my analysis and breakdown. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, I think those are the, those are the three to choose from and, and, and Booker's gotta be in, in, I think he can be in the discussion. Uh, I just, I mean, I think he's, he, he should absolutely be second team. Uh, I, I don't think there's another guard I'd pick over him, but, um, got you. Uh, but yeah, so Jaw's going to be on there somewhere. He's going to be on one of the three all NBA teams. I, I think he has to be. Uh, so we think those do, will be the four guards though, that will comprise first and second team. The ones that we just went through. I, I think so. I want to, um, just touch on Booker for a minute. First of all, let's go mm-hmm. and, uh, Luca first team and then Booker and Jaw second team. But one of the reasons why I think Booker doesn't always get the kind of love in these discussions that he should is that we've kind of moved away from the classic shooting guard, which is what he is, you know, a guy, a go-to scorer, off ball, and we're more into like these heliocentric one-man offenses. And, and we think that's the way that you have to build everything. And it was kind of going back to even Kawhi, that MVP thing that we talked about with, you know, Russell and Harden, just there's, there's a strength to building a team around a classic shooting guard to go to score, but they don't monopolize the ball all the time. You let the rest of your team have decision-making touches so that when you get into playoff series, you you have a little bit, you know, you have more options. You have more repetitions for everybody to kind of, make these little in-game adjustments because they've done it all season. They've not relied on one person as opposed to a steady stream of pick and rolls being your only answer for seven games, which defenses can kind of lock in on. So Booker definitely, you know, he should be getting in that conversation for all NBA on the outskirts, not at the top of the MVP conversations, but kind of like that, excuse me, that five spot, that four or five spot. He deserves more love. I agree. if Chris Paul gets a nod on all NBA over him, I you know I, I love CP3, but we riot like it, it's. I'm it very would be concerned. ridiculous. <laughs> um, I think in those forward spots it should be Tatum and Giannis, and I would have Demar on second team, and that's probably where KD would be for me. He's with, missed a lot of games. Like I cannot justify him on a first team either. Damn, I'm I'm LeBron's getting some hate here. Then. Oh, I, I forgot about Le- <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on a second. The team's been a disaster. No, no, no. <laughs> I would actually probably put LeBron has played more games than Katie, right? I believe that's right. Um, I mean, they're not going to do it. They're probably going to like put DeMar third team, but like there's something to be said about your record and games played. Like I like I get it. The stars are going to like get there, but it's it's not fair to me, you know, but I'm not putting Kevin Durant on a first team. Like that's definitely not happening for me. So I think it's, I was still probably after thinking of LeBron and Giannis and LeBron on all NBA first team, he's still that good. Just make a special award, a special note that he's the worst GM of all time. (laughs) He is that good, but his impact is not as good. 
right? Like <sighs> it's different yeah. this year. It's not the same. Like the individual stats like look great, but, and he is helping the Lakers, but not the way that like a younger LeBron would help the Lakers. And so I don't know. Um, I feel like you reward winning and, 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 you know, stuff like that. And I, I would just, I would just have Giannis and Tatum as my first team and like the others would have to like play out where they do, but that, that's, that's, that's what fun. I would do. But it's the same way I would reward, reward Booker, right? It's like a similar kind of concept for me. Yeah, like as long as, long as we're being uh, honest about the fact that Tatum's on there probably because we because of the stupid stuff with Embiid and, and Jokic. And that, yes, that no, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they changed to ba- the ballots just front court, back court. I'd be okay with that change. But I think to me, just what's notable is like, there seems to be like a collective, like real outrage this year. And I'm just like, why weren't you guys just offended like every other year, you know, but whatever. It's just an observation to me. No, it's a great point. I I wonder if it's a bit because, you know, what were the odds in today's era pace and space basketball that, that you'd have two centers vying for the MVP award and granted Jokic wasn't a center. I don't believe he was a a center traditionally to start his career. Um, But I mean, I, it's, it is, I don't think, I think now it's suddenly an issue because there's one center spot, you know, there's, well, there's two guard spots, two forward spots, but now the, the, the point's still fair. Um, and, you know, I wonder, I wonder if we'll see some change. Yeah, we'll see. Better than you think on the, on the center part, because we've kind of gone and overemphasized this small ball face to space just because the Warriors ran everybody off the floor, but they have an anomaly, you know, they have Draymond Green who can, right. You can guard the center position. You can't really post him up so that it swings the shooting advantage in their favor. But this, you know, the Thunder, OKC Thunder, when they had Durant, still was running with Adams and even Cantor. The Spurs, you know, when they were still good, still had Lamarcus Aldridge. And, and so there's still room for centers. They haven't gone away. They've actually caught up. They're more skilled. The kind of plotting big man, that's that's what you can't have. But as long as you know, size still matters. As long as that size can make quick decisions, break down the game, and are skilled enough to offset whatever shooting disadvantages you might have. Yeah, Suns would agree with that, I think. <laughs> okay, my very last question. Just tell me quickly, who's your DPOY? Herb Jones. Okay, sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> um, so that's an impulse reaction. I, I mean, to me, it's Giannis. I don't think anyone impacts the game as in, from a defensive versatility standpoint the way that he does. Um, and so it's a boring choice. Well, I don't know. Maybe Gobert is a more boring, boring choice. But um, I think um, I, 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 my vote goes to be honest. Okay. I don't want to see Rudy win another DPOY. I, I really don't. And <laughs> I, I, and I, I understand his, his perimeter defender. I understand. Like, they're not great. And they're leaving him out there on the island, but I still don't want to see him win another DPOY because it just is offensive to me that he would have what four and Draymond Green only has one where I think he was definitely robbed. Just no way. That's just like my bias kicking in. Um, Duncan never won the award. See, you have even more reason to be offended than me. I don't think I ever realized that. That's nuts. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I just I'm not here for Rudy Gobert and like years later when people remember and they're like, yes, for a DPO, I just I cannot take it. I can't, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Go ahead, Jesse. 
Just give me honest. Okay. I'm fine with that choice. I am. Um, what do you what do you think though about the people who are making arguments for people like Marcus Smart, who I don't want winning anything since he injured my guy? But um, just the fact that like we don't really consider players like um Marcus Smart, like uh Mikel Bridges, although he wouldn't be mine, but like we tend to focus on like the big men, generally speaking. What what are your thoughts on 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 those guys as like potential DPOY candidates and whether they should be getting more consideration? Yeah, I so I I think some people go way too far on this topic uh, of you know it has to be a big man because they impact the game most. I think I think there are a lot of uh, staunch Rudy Gobert supporters who will die on that hill. I think that there's a, a case to be made that the the difference between your you know your good and your truly elite wing defender is broader than your good versus your elite uh you know uh, in, interior or, or, or center so to speak um i i think that still you've got this the the problem that you're you know they they do impact the game more i mean the, the best big man that you can totally control the pain control the easiest shot in the game basketball it matters um but i think that there are i, I think you know there, there's an all there's an all defensive team for a reason in that you still want to acknowledge those different positions um, but I, I don't think it would be shocking to see, um, you know, a wing defender win at some point. When that point will be, no one knows. What do you think, Jesse? Herb Jones, yes, we do. So just uh, thinking about defense in general, uh, wing defenders are kind of the most important thing in the NBA, just from a roster construction standpoint. Um, I want to use the Spurs because that's my kind of area of expertise. People thought heading into the season, there'd be a good defense because they had Yaka Pertle. They had two elite defensive point guards in Derek White and DeJounte Murray that didn't work because they are very small on the wings. You know, everybody's six foot five and under. You know, the most basic six foot eight, you know, average kind of team defender to me is more valuable than a lockdown six foot two point guard. Um, so wings are always the most important defensive, you know, you need size on the wings. That being said, there's always exceptions in players like Rudy Gobert or Giannis are the exceptions. And when you have somebody like Giannis who can control, you know, every individual matchup that he guards and then also just prevent teams from, from driving to the paint because they don't want to face him. That's just, that's something that Marcus Smart can't do. That's something that Bridges can't do. Look, look at the, I mean, just exactly right. Look at the Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis Pelicans. I mean, like those are two fantastic defenders and they were, like you said, they were playing each one more at the three. I mean, there's only so much you can do if you, if you don't have like a switchable defense where you've got, you know, uh, long and, and athletic, athletic players uh, up and down left. Now, Drew Holiday could guard bigger wings, but like there's a, there's a limit to that. You can't have him on Kevin Durant, right? So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I do think they are, they're definitely one of the, probably the most, in, in, you know, the fewest teams have them, so to speak. I mean, a defender who can truly, you know, not be on the floor and not have teams completely ignore them on, on offense. Right. Because that's, that's where, you know, you, you could be the best defender in the league, but if you can't hit a jumper, you're not going to play. And so who knows who's going to know about you. Right. These are guards are ceiling raisers. Oh, guards are ceiling raisers on defense. They're not foundation pieces. You can have the best defensive point guard in the world. And if you don't have any wings, it's still going to be garbage. Right. See what I said, people? I learned from these guys. So that's why they're great to have on. Is Andrew Wiggins making a defensive team? 
probably not because of the slip they had after the all-star break. I don't see it. Yeah, it's going to be so tough. I mean, I, I think. He I, was before here. earlier in the season, but he yeah. dipped. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on. Um, Mason, do you have anything upcoming that like the people should know about? No, you were very nice to me. I don't really do much writing anymore. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's just a podcast. So uh, Shemit Dua and I co-host uh, In The Know, which is a, a Blue Wire Network Pelicans pod. So um, we'll check us out any, anywhere you, you listen to podcasts. But uh, that's, that's, where I'm, that's what I'm doing for the most part these days. Okay. Um, and Jesse also doesn't give me his writing as much anymore, but that's okay. No, kind of, you know, kids will kind of ruin that a little bit, but I'm hoping to start up a little bit next year. I'm giving myself these playoffs just to watch and enjoy. Good. I love that for both of you. All right. So, um, we'll be seeing these teams this week, later this week. Thank you again so much guys for being on, follow them. If you're not already following them, rate this show. If you're not, if you haven't already five stars only, Until next time, take care, everyone.